Jordan is on best. Harper's on Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Um, really helps us out. Always appreciate getting feedback, um, you know, getting us closer. We're almost the 50 ratings, Tom. We're getting we're getting close. And as nice. I just mentioned, uh, joined as always by my co-host, Tom Lewis. Tom, how are you doing today? Uh, doing great. Coming off a nice Thanksgiving and all of a sudden NBA is right in front of us. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's what we're diving into today. Just kind of a quick hitter to, to start off your week on Monday. Um, yeah, tr- training camp is starting uh, relatively soon. Pacers players are coming into uh, um, it back into market. I mean, players around the NBA are coming back into market. I believe November thirtieth. Yeah. I want to say is the last day um, that you can be out. Well, that not that you can be out, but before you're supposed to come home to market. I know Miles Turner posted on his. I think Instagram recently that he was getting his last workout in, in Texas. So I believe he's already back in Indiana. Yeah. I think they they had to have like three days of testing yeah. before they can start working out. So um, that pretty much means today. <laughs> yeah. So they can get, get ready to start right away on the first. So it is here. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, and, and with, with training camp starting too, I mean, we have the rosters officially set now, I guess. I mean, uh, barring any so, last yes. minute changes, but um, there was a signing that Caitlin had a piece on really quick um, on Thanksgiving. Actually, of course, leave it to the Pacers to drop something on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, Keelan Martin. Uh, so we missed out on one Butler star, but then we got the all time leading scorer in Butler history. So I, I guess consolation. Uh, but in go. all seriousness, <laughs> I, I really like this pickup. Um, I, I, I want to ask where you were kind of at on. Um, signed to Keelan Martin. We're not aware of the contract yet. It's undisclosed. I know it's a two-year contract, but um, I'm imagining for the minimum, but it hasn't been stated yet. Yeah, and, and also along with that, you know, what portion would be guaranteed? Yeah. Um, seems like it wouldn't be a ton, but regardless, um, yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting signing. Um, I know um, I just happened to catch it. You know, he didn't play that much for the Timberwolves last year, mostly and with the G League, but I did happen to catch a game, uh, Timberwolves game, on league pass one night that he was getting minutes, and I just watched it mainly because of him because I was interested to see what he looked like out there. And, you know, I thought he looked really good as far as a guy that could, you know, be a 3-4 guy in, in the in the league as we see it today, um, kind of a versatile guy, and we know he can get buckets if he gets an opportunity. So, uh, it would be awesome to see him develop into some type of a role where he's a, a strong, you know, kind of utility forward. And um, and if that was with the Pacers, fantastic. So I know he he works out locally, um, Joey Burton. And then this fall, I know he's worked out a lot with Taylor Ware, competitive greatness. I've seen um, he, he's been in a lot of runs they have with uh, uh, a lot of pros, overseas pros and, and local pros and college guys. So I've seen a lot of, of clips and, and um, him working out locally. So I'm sure he's happy to, to hang around since he's, it appears he's already been living here uh, during his off season. So, um, you know, we'll see if we can get the, uh, you know, those local ties to, to come in and, and 
it, it could be a fun story for the Pacers this year. Yeah, I think uh, I had a lot of thoughts off this one. Um, I, I watched a, a lot more Wolves games last year than I'm, uh, you know, readily uh, gonna admit. Um, mostly <laughs> after the trade deadline, because they're they were actually kind of a fun team after the trade deadline when they got Malik Beasley and he started playing well. But Keelan Martin popped. He did not shoot well. Um, did not shoot well from three or from the field. But uh, he's a nice defender. He's already like an NBA level defender. If the shot falls with some regularity, which it did really well when he was a Butler, um, and he was a good free throw shooter as well, so I, I anticipate that his shot falls at at least league average. I mean, that's a, a two tool player. That's what you need to stick in the NBA. Um, I, I definitely like it, and I think overall why I like it the most is just a you get he's I mean he's pretty small for a forward. Um, but he's definitely more of like a, he's a sturdy guy, which I it sounds weird to say like that. But I remember uh, at Butler, he was listed at like six, seven or six, eight, but he's really six, five or like six, five and a half. Um, so he's still kind of like a little bit on the smaller side, but he provides some more depth there. Um, and again, like I mentioned, I mean, I think he's they had some of the worst playmaking talent and spacing in general in the league in Minnesota. So getting him into an actual place where he's not going to be he's not going to have a ton of gravity as a shooter because there are so many other guys who are going to be focused on. I mean, I think that'll really help him and we'll see more of a realistic shooting profile from him. Um, but overall, I mean, I think I just like it because he's not going to be expected to get minutes, but it, it goes a little bit along with everything that we've been hearing from, from Nate Bjorker and, and Kevin Pritchard about playing a deeper roster, having versatility, um, throwing different looks. And I think in Keelan Martin, you get a guy who, if, you can develop him a little bit more. He's not extremely young. I think he's 24 or 25. Um, but at, at the same time, I mean, I think there, there are things there. And if you can mold him just a little bit more, that's a, it's a rotation player. So I think it was a really good signing and pickup. And I also, I know we, we talked a little bit about is the deal going to be guaranteed or not, or what's going to be guaranteed. Um, this is just my read, but I mean, since it was a two-year deal, I think I'm, I'm more certain that he's not going to be cut. Um, at least it would be a little bit more questionable to cut somebody on a two-year deal. Yeah, I agree. And it seems like they're making a bit of a commitment here to see. Yeah. You know, I don't think that they're necessarily <laughs> relying on him having a big impact this year. Um, but it's more of one of those, you know, let's see what, what we have and see if um, he can fit into what what they're doing and and, and become a, a role player on some level. And if so, then, you know, you got him for two years. And if not, again, if, if they have to let him go, it won't be that big of a pain. But um, I, I definitely sounds like, you know, with that two year commitment, um, he, he's going to get a fair shot. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we have to unfortunately say goodbye to Alizé Johnson. I had a couple of my friends who cover the Raptors yeah, up and ask about him. <laughs> um, I, I know, I, I think it'll be good for him though. I think he'll get some good run there. Alizé just really hadn't shown through or flashed a whole ton with the Pacers. Um, so I think it was kind of, I, I don't want to say it was time to move on. I think that there could have been a reason to keep him, but um, I think Martin fits a little bit more of the the profile you, you're, the, the Pacers are maybe looking for. So um, I'm excited to see how, how it turns out. Um, also announced with that same, uh, well, now not the same one, but on a press release today, I believe, um, Castor Stanley and Brian Bowen both signed two-way contracts with the Pacers, which was kind of expected. Um, and then Nazmi Long, Rayshon Hammonds, and Amita Brima are all on Exhibit 10s heading into training camp. So that, those guys are going to be expected to be cut down. Um, so yeah, that is the roster. I, where, where were you at on Brian Bowen getting a second two way? Oh, I, I thought that was fine. I thought he he showed you know some again. You kind of mentioned the pop 
earlier of um, Killer Martin, and I, I felt like he kind of showed that at times too. Like, um, even if a guy's not like you know not shooting well or not you know making a big or being real productive, you, I mean, you can tell if he if he fits or if he's in over his head, you know. And, and I feel like he he has, has the um, you know the natural ability to be an NBA player and to guard guys and and make plays. And again, he's young. Obviously, he has a, a crazy backstory, and and that's hampered his development. Uh, obviously, um, before he got to the league, so it was a, it was a, you know a pretty good flyer for the pitchers to take. And he, you know they're still sticking with him and seeing if he can um, be a guy that that can make an impact again. It's a club um, roster for both those guys mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, it, getting that opportunity is going to be a challenge, even if they're trying to go deep into the rotation. It's going to be a challenge um, for those guys that are more on that, that wing guard spot. So, um, but as far as uh, Bowen, you know, I, you know, I also like Naz a lot as well just because of his ability to play a point guard and his size. Um, I thought he, he was a solid guy who would be a, a good kind of a Corey Joseph type uh, backup type player that was real reliable, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the full roster is cut down um, in the end. But, um, yeah, it, it didn't sound like there would be, <clears throat> you know, that he would be, in that mix other than going through training camp again. And then I guess I'll see what, what happens with the G league. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing that's interesting that I do want to bring up that I, I, I know Tony East has talked about this as well, but now that the roster is finalized, I, I just want to hit upon it again. And it's something that's interesting. If this team performs really well, they still have the full mid-level exception. Um, and that I'm not saying that they will use it, but you can use that at any point throughout the year. So that's right. something to kind of keep note of. There's not really anybody on uh, that's still available right now that I think is worth the full mid-level, but you still have at least part of it to use if you wanted to. Like, uh, for instance, I, if somebody doesn't pick up Glenn Robinson the third, which I know I think a report from Jason Anderson in the Sacramento Bee um, came out, and he's their news-breaking guy for everyone listening. He's pretty much the Kings news-breaking guy. He's really good. Follow him if you don't already. Um, but I know he's gaining some traction with the Kings. Um, but if, if, I mean, Hey, I would be very open to that, uh, that deal. If, if he came back, Glenn looked really good last year. And I think he's, uh, he showed some stuff when he got, I, can you believe that he started four years ago? It's kind of crazy <laughs> to look back. I think that was four years ago when Glenn Robinson was starting for the Pacers, but, uh, the bad times, um, not to speak down on him, just, uh, just, that was a year in, um, but you know, I think this kind of brings me to. The, the main point that I want to talk about today is uh, I wrote about it a little bit yesterday, or I guess this morning I wrote about it yesterday, but it dropped this morning. Um, in looking at the rotation, uh, did you get a chance to read that? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, so I I think it's interesting because, you know, like we were mentioning with the signing of uh, signing of Keelan Martin and, and looking at, you know, some of the um, end of the roster guys, it's uh, it's a – this team is very deep, obviously, you know, I think that was, it's been a staple the last couple of years, but this year it just feels like there's even more depth than there was uh, in prior years. I mean, you can legitimately make a case for 11 or 12 guys getting 10 plus minutes per game. Obviously that can't happen um, or it's very difficult to make that happen for a lot of reasons that we can, can mention. Um, 
but you know, I, I think the biggest question that I kind of left with after writing that was, is it possible to have too many good players? Because I think, you know, <laughs> we, we've talked about how there's not necessarily a great player on the team and you could, I mean, you could debate what the word great means and who's what and all that. But um, at the end of the day, you, you can't really play 12 guys and, or, I mean, you can play 12 guys, but how do you balance finding the best minutes for your, your high leverage players and finding minutes for guys on the bench? Like how do you get Edmund Sumner eight minutes without, you know, drastically yeah. cutting Malcolm Brogdon's time or, you know, things like that. And I think the, the biggest thing off that too, I mean, you look at the potential crunch for minutes with, um, for Miles Turner. I mean, I think that's a, that, definitely a point that we got to talk on as well. I'll, I'll stop talking. Otherwise I'll keep going, but um, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that kind of just yeah. getting into it? Well, yeah, you're right. And I mean, if anyone hasn't read Mark's piece, please check it out. Um, Cause he does a good job with, with, uh, you know, breaking it down, you know, with Jeremy Lamb, without Jeremy Lamb. And you can just see how quickly those minutes get mopped up when you literally lay it out in a chart. Um, and that's true. It's, um, a, a, you know, a reason why a guy like Cassius Stanley, they would like to get him to play in some junior games. Hopefully that happens. Um, just because where are the minutes going to come from it, you know, and, and, and also I was saying on those, those two way players, the new rules where you can play for 50 games as opposed to 45 days. So there's yeah. plenty of time for practice and everything. It's far easier for those guys to get the minutes, but, Back to the top, um, you know, the other thing that it gets tricky is when, when you're talking about your top-level guys. And, again, you know, it is hard to say, yeah, the Pacers have a lot of good guys. You know, who are the great guys? Who are they going to lean on, you know? Um, but even guys like Sabonis and, you know, Victor when he was going, and, and I'm sure we'll get back to that point, and Brogdon and, and Warren now, those, you know, they don't – even though they're going to be playing the most minutes, you know, when they're going, um, they want to get their minutes in as well and get their, their production. Um, and a lot of times I know always here during games when there's a blowout one way or the other, you know, why is this guy still in the game in the fourth quarter? Well, a lot of times it's because, you know, they know these guys are a business <laughs> and they in, individual businesses and, and they got numbers and, and if they can, you know, get those extra minutes and, and prop up their numbers a little bit more. You know, if you're, you're a guy who's averaging 18, 19 points a game, but you can get it up to 20, that's a whole different stratosphere for the, for the league. Um, whether it's trying to make an all-star team or, uh, you know, um, or j just getting paid down the road. So um, that is the great challenge of, of any, for any NBA coach. Um, but, it seems like Brooklyn will be able to get, you know, some buy-in on, um, you know, trying to utilize different guys in different lineups. And, it, you know, it, we, we think it's going to be a struggle at the beginning of the year because of all the, all the change and the different approach. Um, but hopefully they'll have some success or can at least see that success developing so everyone can buy in um, and, you know, possibly give up their minutes when they need to. Um, now the past couple of years, it hasn't been an issue because of so many injuries, you know, guys are going to get their minutes and you have to figure at some point that'll happen as well, um, this year. But when you start breaking down, you know, how is Goga actually going to get some good minutes mm -hmm. if Miles 
and Sabonis are both healthy. Um, you know, how is Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, how are their men's going to happen when they're all available um, in that rotation? And that hasn't even got to Edmund Sumner yet, right? Yeah. You know, TJ McConnell, Aaron Holiday, someone's going to have to get it. Obviously, I think TJ would at that point. But, you know, it, any way you slice it, it's going to be a challenge. Um, and, you know, maybe it is a, a deal where Bjorkman is literally, you know, trying to match up guys and, you know, maybe uh, Ed Sumner plays more than Justin in a certain game on a certain matchup and, um, and vice versa. Or, um, you know, obviously with Jeremy Lamb's situation, I don't think they're going to be having him go full board at any point, you know, at least till the all-star break, you know, so in that reserve role, they can manage those minutes pretty well. Um, but uh, it is a great challenge. I, you know, I, I'd like to hear your kind of conclusions um, here after reading your piece. Yeah. It's, so it's really funny. I think I had some conclusions, but they honestly, they led me to more questions. You know, I'm just really excited to see what happens. Like you mentioned with Cassius yeah. Stanley, um, when he was first drafted, I was like, okay, I could see him getting minutes. But now after everything has kind of shook out, I'm like, well, I'm glad that he's on a two-way because I don't know where the minutes are coming from at right. the NBA level. You know, I think um, uh, it's uh, it's difficult because, you know, this is something that I've, I've written on, I've talked about with you, like getting the young guys' this minutes is going to be so important. But you look at this roster up and down and like, you know, I think especially when we talked uh, about, you know, KP's pressers, when I really started thinking about this, okay, well, Goga <laughs> – they want Goga to play more. Well, I mean, Goga played, I averaged it out, and it's like about six minutes per game last year when he wasn't getting – they had that start of the – the first, like, 15 games of the, the season, he uh, he was starting some games and playing way more minutes than he was ready for or should have. Um, so, I guess, for me, Goga playing more is probably nine to ten minutes, right? You know, it's like a reasonable jump. Um, they want TJ Warren to play the four. Um, which I think that's going to happen whether you wanted to or not, because he's the only really four on the roster. Um, pretty much however you slice it. I mean, you can always say, oh, Miles stretch forward. No, he's a center. So he plays stretch forward, but he's a center. Um, I'll always, I'll, I'll fight that to the grave, Tom. Um, but I think that's the, having those two things concurrently is what makes it difficult because if you want TJ to play more minutes at the four, which I think it's going to have to happen no matter what, because if you're getting guys minutes at the three or just any of the wing spots, you have to bump TJ up to the four because otherwise he's that way. He's not soaking up some of the wing spots with that. The roster is chock full of, and you need to get minutes too. Right. Um, so ultimately it comes down to either miles or Domas is, is losing minutes. And I think with Domas, he played 35 minutes per game last year. Um, I don't really know a whole ton about where he's at with his injury. Like I know he's like good to go, um, but I don't know if that's going to be something that could bother him. Cause I know that's the thing that can happen with plantar fascia. It can just kind yeah. of come and go. Um, so I think maybe there will be a dip in his minutes, but I just struggle to see how there can be that much with how important he is to the offense. And we saw that in the bubble with, you know, without his screening and just everything he does to really, um, basically be WD 40 for the offense, make everything. So it's not creaking on the hinges or the door will actually yeah. open. Right. Um, I think it's really hard to justify playing Domas a lot less minutes. Um, and so then that comes down to, well, where, how many minutes is miles Turner playing? You know? And I think 
it's difficult because if, oh, okay, well, if you're like, well, we'll keep playing Miles, you know, 29, 30 minutes a game, get him up a little bit more because he only played 28 and a half last year. Um, you know, if if you say, okay, well, it doesn't really matter a whole ton how much Gogo plays, we'll figure it out. Well, then again, that's Gogo was a first round pick. He hasn't gotten to play in summer league because A, this year is crazy. B, last year, obviously, had the issues with his visa and coming over. You're hindering his development by doing that. And it's also an issue because you can't really send him down to the G League because he is technically the backup center. Like if, yeah. I mean, yes, Miles <laughs> and Miles is the backup center right now, but really it's Goga because if if either Miles or Domas were to go out, he's still the he's the first guy who's going to be the backup. Um, so that makes it hard. Um, I I have other thoughts, but I want to ask your thoughts on that right away before I keep diving in. Yeah, I mean, I think. At a minimum, you know, Miles and Domas would probably stick with what they were about last year, I would think. Um, and it will be interesting to see if, you know, when, uh, you know, TJ Warren took step, such a step forward last year as a, as a scoring threat and how his minutes will, you know, increase um, or if they will, you know, um, and you know, I think he playing along with Domas, um, playing the floor along with Domas, um, is is a real interesting and you know, kind of a dynamic group that isn't. You know, if you can get some shooters around them, they can go and do their damage inside, but also be able to pass um, from inside. At least Domas, you know, I'm, I think one once he gets the ball, it's going up. But yeah, <laughs> um, but. Just that combo, um, seeing that with Miles is something that I, I have a hard time envisioning. And maybe there's something that is beautiful about it that um, that could that play out. Um, but again, we're talking about those three guys taking up most of the four and five minutes and, and ultimately always having somebody at the five. And... Uh, again, getting Goga those minutes and seeing what he can do. And he is, I feel like, a guy who needs to play a good yeah, a, you know, five-minute stretch, not a two- or three-minute stretch, but at least a five- to seven-minute stretch so he can try and find some kind of rhythm and, and not just be running up and down um, mm-hmm. to try and get some development going. Um, so, you know, that, that foot injury that Sabonis had, that is one thing I've really been – trying to keep an eye or an ear out for um, in, in all the preseason talk here because everybody's, you know, happy and, and and ready to go before camp. But usually there's things that happen during camp. Oh, yeah, he's had, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> You know, those things start to creep up. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if there was a little bit more of a limit on what he was doing at the start um, because, uh, you know, you overextend that thing and, and he has to shut it down at a bad part of the season. Then, then they're really stuck and Goga really has to be ready at that point. Um, but uh, if, if they are able to, to maybe minimize his minutes a little, three, four, five less minutes a game to make sure he's, he's healthy and ready to roll, you know, for the first 10 to 15 games or whatever, um, that would also give uh, a few more minutes to Goga to get out there and, and see if he can continue to earn those minutes and keep developing. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I have two more thoughts, but before we get to those, I want to take a quick break really quick. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Pacers fans. Uh, so, Tom, you were bringing up a lot of really great points, and I had some thoughts off those as well. Um, I think ultimately on that, it's just going to be uh, playing it by ear. I still, I'm less bullish on having, on being able to play Domas, you know, less minutes just because he's the best playmaker on the team or the most important playmaker, I guess you would say, and how he impacts the offense. But, um, yeah. uh, barring some growth, I mean, we'll see what happens with, with the rest of the roster. And what you mentioned with TJ Warren was a really great point too, because I think, especially looking at last year, you wouldn't have guessed that, you know, as the minutes stacked out that uh, Domas and TJ would have been the two highest, uh, minutes per game players, but they were, you know, you would have guessed maybe yeah. Malcolm and I guess Domas for sure. But um, I, I actually, you know, in looking at that and researching, I was kind of surprised that TJ had played the, the second most minutes. I would have, I would have expected somebody else. Um, that's an interesting point because how do you justify playing TJ less minutes after what he just did in the bubble? Um, and considering how important he is to, to the offense and to the defense, I think actually I would almost argue that his defense it's not more important than his offense, but it's just as important because he's the only guy who's six foot eight that is a threat on both sides. And that's extremely important. That's what gets guys paid in this league. Um, so I think that is always something that I keep in my mind and, and just in terms of the versatility he's able to provide defensively as well. So I don't I don't know if his minutes will decrease. They could even increase for all we know. Um, that's right. something to keep an eye on as well. Um, I, I think the next point that I really wanted to hit on too the issue is not like the starters. Like I think the starters are pretty well-defined. Like we know Domas, Miles, TJ, Vic, and Malcolm. Those guys all should be getting starters minutes. Like I, I don't think you can say otherwise. Yeah. The big problem is that guys, or, or I don't even want to phrase this as a problem. It's just the big kind of dilemma. Well, it's just still the same thing. But I mean, you look <laughs> Justin, Doug, Aaron, uh, Jeremy when he comes back. Um and then you look at Ed and TJ. I mean, before you even look at Ed and TJ, so you have Justin, Doug, Aaron, Jeremy. Those are four guys who should all be playing 20-plus minutes a game, right? Like, I, yeah. I think it's hard to say no to that. Um, and some people might hedge on Aaron, but I think Aaron played at such a high level last year when he was getting those kind of minutes. Um, and just the way that his growth track is hit, and he looked a lot – I mean, he, he improved in the bubble. He, he struggled yeah. a little bit in the playoffs just because of the, the role was – um, it was asking a lot for him and how he was having to guard and he struggled a little bit offensively, but in terms of what he was doing um, in the seeding games, I mean, he was fantastic and had taken a step forward. So I think, you know, just looking at everything, I think he'll jump TJ McConnell in the rotation this year. Um, obviously we haven't heard anything on that, but I think if the goal is to play younger players more, that's just kind of a rationalization that you come to. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, all right, you can get Doug, Aaron, and Justin 20 minutes a game. The three of them are right around there without Jeremy Lamb back. But as soon as Jeremy Lamb comes back, I mean, the minutes are just like – it's very difficult to kind of foresee how the minutes are going to shake out. Because um, Jeremy, obviously, like we mentioned, it's going to take some time for him to come back in the rotation and work his way back into you know, being at, at the level he can be at. And hopefully he hasn't lost anything. I don't think he will. But – um that's always, you know, kind of something in the, in the back of your mind. But you look at it, and Jeremy should argue, pretty unarguably be this get the six most minutes on the team. I mean, he is he's the sixth man. That's why he was signed yeah. to the deal he was. Um, he brings a lot of things that no one else on the bench can. Um, 
So then that's interesting too, because then which guy is getting their minutes sliced the most, you know, is, is Doug getting his minutes cut? Um, is, is Justin getting his minutes cut? I, I don't really think you can, or I mean, getting Justin's minutes cut is hard considering what he brings on both ends. And so it just becomes so such a really crazy thing to look at. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I spent so much time looking at these two spreadsheets <laughs> I had on my computer, just like trying to even think through it. I just ended up putting down numbers and not trying to tweak them anymore. Cause I was like, this is Nate's job, not mine. So, um, but I, I think the, like we mentioned, like, is it almost, is it bad to have too many good players? Because at some point, like, and I, I'm not trying to be super pessimistic. We'll, we'll talk about some of the optimistic stuff in a minute, but just in looking at this, all right, Jeremy Lamb is a guy who the last four years of his career, he's been playing, you know, 20 plus minutes a game. Um, Aaron Holiday is at the point of his career. I mean, there have been teams calling about, in, in, you know, inquiring, trying to trade for him that there's been reported. Like I remember Minnesota last year um, that want, wanted him to come and be a starting point guard. Um, Doug McDermott has been a high level role player for most of his career. I'm not as worried about his minutes, but, you know, Justin just signed his deal and he played. A, a ton of minutes last year. So I think it's hard to, to how do you get these guys on the same page and be like, okay, well you have to play in a smaller role and figure it out from there. Uh, that's, that's a difficult thing to ask guys to do. And I think we just count that a lot. You know, that's um, that's not easy. It, it sounds nice in your head to be like, okay, well we have uh, 11 guys who are all going to play. Well, getting those guys to fit into their roles and maybe playing a smaller role than they're used to, or maybe even um, than they're, they're better at doing, you know, I mean, maybe Jeremy's better as a 25 minute per game guy than a 20 minute per game guy. I don't know. Um, but that's just something that I've been thinking about a lot too. I think. Um, and again, I'm not trying to paint it as a bad thing, but it's just something that I think will be, um, will definitely be worth noting throughout the year. I think that's going to be something completely, I mean, just completely throughout the year, that's going to change a lot. Um, and the dynamics of it are going to be really important to how the team is successful. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at those four guys kind of that you're focusing on, man, um, you know, I, I agree. I think Jeremy Lamb would be getting your six man minutes once he's fully healthy and ready to roll. Um, and then, you know, those other guys, you know, I would probably, you know, when you, when you say you're like maybe targeting 20 minutes, I'm thinking Justin and, and McDermott are closer to 15 probably most nights. Mm -hmm. um, and the one thing about all these guys, even Jeremy, is uh, they always have it going every night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I'd say probably the most consistent guy just because of his defensive um, effort, is, you know, it would be Justin Holliday. Um, but, you know, Sometimes Doug needs to be out there to get going, but sometimes he doesn't get it going. Yeah, Doug can just um, sit for home games, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Um, I just a quick side note. If that continues again this year, that is gonna be one of the most baffling uh statistical anomalies I think I've ever seen in my life. Um and to people who if you're not aware of this, I don't know if you're a Pacers fan, but yeah, I mean the, uh, Doug McDermott the, uh, shoots just abhorrently from three at home, like below league average at home and shoots almost 50% from three when he uh, on the road. Um, so if that continues again for a third straight year, that's just going to be insane to me. I know I'm telling you, I've been on the uh, St. Vincent center because <laughs> they don't have the normal practices in, in the field house like they used to. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, so yeah, that <laughs> 
Now, let's hope he's not just sitting on the home bench, but um, maybe he'll prefer an empty arena or half empty arena or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but um, I think that's one of those things where Bjorkman, you know, I'm expecting him to be obviously more flexible and um, try different things with these rotations. And, you know, you know, there's a, a lot of feel you got to have in some of these games and, and that's where you're going to have to, um, you know, manage those minutes and who, who's, who's basically, who's earning them for that night. Um, and sometimes a guy can get going like McDermott, if he gets going, you know, he may be eating into Malcolm's minutes or Vic's minutes or Miles's minutes just because they got to keep him on the floor because he's um, lighting it up with what they're doing and the match that they have. So um, I think that, you know, every game is going to be its own, its own puzzle uh, for, for this group to put together. Uh, and I feel, you know, that's the exciting part about this year and the coaching change is that I feel like that's how they're going to approach each game, you know, um, as opposed to having a little more rigid system and, and plan going into it as far as who's going to do what. Uh, I feel, feel like there's going to be some, flexibility and, and um, adjustments to see what's going on during the game. And, and you know, at some point, maybe you're, you're tapping Ed Sumner because he's a perfect guy to put in for this certain situation. Um, but as far as those four guys, you know, they're definitely going to have to earn their minutes. Let's hope it's a problem that they're all playing so well that they're not getting enough minutes. Um, I think it would be a great season if that's how it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a that's a great point too. I mean, uh, one thing uh, I think will be maybe prevalent this year. I obviously we don't know what the league schedule is going to be. Um, if there are a lot of back to backs, I mean, players who have had the same injury as Vic, which they're two guys, uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and Tony Parker, which Tony's hard to gauge because it was late in his career, but um, neither player played a single back to back in the regular season um, since incurring their injury. Um, so I think that's something I would keep an eye on for Victor. I don't think personally that he's going to play back-to-backs. Nothing has been reported on that. Nothing is coming out from the team. We didn't see anything about that in the bubble because um, they weren't playing back-to-backs. Um, so I think that's you know that's another place where minutes could pop up. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think in kind of closing on an optimistic note, it's this is a good thing. You know, I was asking that question just to kind of be. Um, just to get get your your answer and see what your thoughts were. I think it's a good thing to have good basketball players. You know, obviously, you know, it's duh, like no shit. Um, it's always good to have good basketball players throughout the roster. Um, I think it's easy to make this comparison because, you know, you can make – comparisons are just relatively easy to make. This reminds me a lot of that 14-15 Hawks team. I'm not saying this team is going to win 50, 60 games. That's not, that's not going to happen. I would be shocked personally if that happened. But that's just the kind of team this is. There's not really, unless Victor completely reclaims, you know, what he was in 17-18, there's not really a true top-tier superstar player on this team. And that's okay. I mean, I think that there is a lot going for this team that is going to be positive. They're going to be fun. Um, And there's just a lot there that I think we should be positive about going into this year. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited to see them play. And like you mentioned, the puzzle piece and, and figuring out how Nate Bjorkman going to, you know, kind of fit everything together throughout the year um, is what's going to be most exciting to me, honestly. Yeah. And, and again, with the players, you know, buy into everything and, and understand 
the process, you know, that it is game to game and, and that, um, you know, they may have different roles from game to game. And, and um, that that's all a huge part of, of building up a successful group. And, you know, like we said, we, there isn't really a guy you can lean on here, a LeBron or um, James Harden or, or somebody that they can lean on every night, you know. And and like I mentioned, even with the, the starters, it's like, who's going to be the guy tonight? Uh, okay, we got, you know, we got a guy going. Let's start working around that, you know, Malcolm or Miles or Domas or, you know, if it's Doug McDermott or, or Aaron Holiday gets cooking, whatever it is, you know, let's work around that and, and keep going to it and, and um, you know, put the pressure on the other team with, with whatever's working that night. You know, so in some ways I can make it harder to, you know, scout because they're not just leaning on the same thing night in and night out. But um, it, it's going to have to be that type of a, um, you know, all hands on deck attitude to, to go into every game because you know over the past few years they've kind of had that approach um and been successful at, at you know being greater than the sum of the parts and and uh and beating teams that uh, you know may have more talent top you know at the top end um but they didn't execute as well or didn't play as hard in a regular season game so um that that same attitude carry forward and now with a little different approach in the bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just kind of in closing a little bit, uh, I, I, I just want to echo that. I think this is going to be a really fun year. I just have the feeling that it's going to be a good year. Um, and that's not me trying to sound like a kiss ass of the front office or anything. I don't know. I just think we're going to get to see that ingenuity and, and doing different things and, and, just a really fun, versatile roster with a lot of great dudes on it who are really quality basketball players. So I'm excited about that. Um, Tom, before we get out of here, I have a really interesting uh, trivia question that I just popped up on for oh, you. No. Uh, who is the most veteran player on the Pacers roster currently? And by veteran, I mean in terms of years of service in the NBA. It's going to surprise you, actually. I think it surprised me. Service in the NBA or with the Pacers in the NBA yes, in the NBA. Yeah. Hmm. McCall. Jeremy. No, nope. it is Jeremy lamb. Yeah. Jeremy lamb. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy lamb has played eight years in the NBA already. Um, obviously, I mean, Justin played overseas a little bit and he was, a, I believe a four-year player at Washington. Um, so he yeah, wasn't, he was. you know, a right away. But um, actually, no. Did Justin play overseas? I can't remember. I think he played overseas, didn't he? He's. I think he, he's played. About oh, was everywhere. he just straight yeah. G League? Or I can't remember. But yeah, no. I, no, I think I, he did play overseas. He I noticed that when I was taking notes today that Jeremy was uh, the longest, uh, had the longest NBA career so far, and that was kind of baffling to me because I think he's still only twenty seven, or no, he's twenty eight. But still, like this team is yeah. a lot younger than we give it credit for. Um, but yeah, Tom, this was fun. Um. You have any kind of parting thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, just you know, I, I appreciate you going for breaking down the roster like that, and just thinking about wow, the season is here, and all these decisions and uh, little things we've been talking about for a few months now. And finally, some of those crazy answers, like you said, you you weren't left with any conclusions. <laughs> like that, there's just more questions, yeah. and now we're we're gonna finally start getting some answers. So. Like you said, it should be fun, at least for us. 
Yes, definitely. I, I think it'll be fun for the for the guys too. But uh, we'll see when uh, when things open up back at the field house. Uh, to everyone okay. listening, of course, uh, be sure to go read us over at Indy Cornrows. Uh, definitely check out that article I put out this morning. Um, I have a couple of spreadsheets up there showing you know some of the potential minutes. They're just I did put a disclaimer. People have already missed the disclaimer. Um, it's, uh, you know, they're just projections. I I'm not saying that this is gospel. This is just the, an idea, you know, it's kind of a starting point. Um, but I'd love to hear people. Yes, exactly. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on everything and uh, let me know what you think down below. Um, obviously again, if you don't already, please be sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, obviously rate and review the podcast. If you haven't already subscribe to it anywhere else you can get the pod. Um, and just have a good rest of your day. Uh, and enjoy, the season as it starts to get nice and cold in, in the Midwest. I know we have a big snowstorm coming in tomorrow uh, or not tomorrow. It's tomorrow night or, or Tuesday, but um, yeah, we have a little snow here. I think tonight. So. Yeah, definitely. So bundle up, uh, stay, stay warm out there. Uh, put, put your snow treads on and uh, be sure that you wake up a little bit earlier to wipe your car off. Um, <laughs> Tom, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks for listening guys.